This is episode 31 of the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. Welcome to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. It's the podcast dedicated to inspiring you to travel more. I'm your host, Jet Set Lizette, and I personally have been able to travel more by racking up airline miles and hotel points, saving over $100,000 in travel costs. If you want to get to your bucket list destination, it's a good idea to start taking concrete steps. Hearing about the steps that others have taken to make travel a priority is a great way to get ideas and get motivated. This podcast is going to help you become the globetrotter you've always wanted to be by bringing you valuable tips, resources, and insights from seasoned travelers. Today I'm talking with a super fun traveler. Her name is Summer Slevin, and she is traveling and living in a van for two years with the mission of visiting every national park in the United States. She's the creator and host of the podcast, Nat Park Stories. I met Summer at the Women in Travel Summit in 2018, and I'm very excited to finally have her in the Globetrotter Lounge. So today she's going to share with me why and how she embarked on her National Parks journey, what life in a van is actually like, she tells great stories about the parks and people she's met along the way, and much, much more. And there's also a guest appearance from Rocky Road Trip, her incredibly adorable dog. So it's a great conversation. Without further ado, let's get into the interview. All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Globetrotter Lounge. I've got Summer with me. Hi, Summer. I'm so excited because we um, have been intending to do this for quite some time, but it can be a little tricky to catch up with someone who's (laughs) traveling through national parks in a van Mm -hmm. with a dog. (laughs) And your dog is here right now. We're going to have to post a picture of the two of you. I think so. You guys don't want to miss this. <laughs> she is too cute in a purse on your lap right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks for joining me. And I'm really excited to get into your story of what you've been doing and how you've been traveling. Um, so let's start off at the beginning and tell me a little bit about your childhood maybe. And, <laughs> you know, if it relates to why you have a travel bug mm-hmm. and kind of what led to this particular type of travel. Interesting. Okay. Wow. We're going way back here. Uh, Actually, as a child, I did not travel much. Um, I grew up in government housing on welfare and there wasn't really that financial flexibility, Um, you know, and so it was just me and my mom and I'd visit my dad on weekends. And then when I was, I don't maybe a teenager, we went to a wedding in Kansas City. (laughs) Like, or in Wichita, Kansas, not even Kansas City. Like, so that was our travel. Um, And then I think I went on a vacation to Myrtle Beach with my dad once. Like, that was it, you know? And so when I was 16, my mom moved to Mobile. And, um, or yeah, I was 18 when she moved to Mobile, Alabama. And I uh, went on a road trip to visit her. And everybody else flew. And I was like, no, I'm going to drive, right? And so I drove to Mobile and I hated it first off. Like <laughs> I remember very distinctly it raining. So my boyfriend at the time was supposed to come with me and he canceled last minute, right? I remember that I was driving and I was like miserable and it was raining and I was listening to the last song on audiobook and I just started crying and I was like, oh, I hate this so much. Fast forward all these years later and <laughs> that is what I do and I love driving and I love road tripping. Like I live in a van and I travel full time. So clearly um, that was not the 
introduction to me loving travel, but by the time I was done with that trip, I loved the flexibility of traveling alone, of driving, of seeing the sights on the way, of being independent and, you know, being able to make my own itinerary. I remember being there and I was supposed to leave after a week and I was like, no, I think I'm going to stay another week. Didn't have to ask anybody. Didn't like I was just like, I'm going to stay two weeks. So I just I remember that being the first trip that I took where I was alone and driving and miserable at first. And then by the end, I was like, okay, like I I don't mind this. And then after college, uh, I graduated in 2015 and didn't get the internship that I was going to get lost four jobs or not lost. I quit four jobs that I was working at that time, graduated university, dumped that boyfriend and was like, oh my God, I'm jobless, homeless, single. Like, what am I doing? And I just like put a bed in my backseat of my Kia Spectra. And I lived in my car for two months, traveling to national parks and forests, volunteering at Organic Farm, adopted my puppy Rocky Road Trip. The first day that I went to my first national park, the Rocky Mountain National Park, and she was in uh, Loveland, Colorado. So anyway, yeah, I guess uh, that's when it really started for me. Wow. Yeah. I love everything about that story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, um, first of all, I think I met you around the time that you had already just outfitted your van. Or were you getting? Yeah. I had bought my van, I think, two weeks before I met you. Okay. And I had tested the waters with my van by driving to Quebec as one does. And so I drove a thousand miles to Quebec and just like had a little mattress pad in the back of my like unconverted, very cold. Yes. Van. Actually, um, <laughs> this is gonna, how, how deep do you want to get this? <laughs> I remember. Um, so in a van, you don't always have a bathroom. Right. So uh, at 2 a.m., I remember waking up in Quebec City and nothing was open. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to pee so bad like what am I gonna do like and so I had to pee in a cup yes and for the and I was like I'm never telling anybody this I'm never telling <laughs> and anybody. now you're telling it on a podcast fast forward <laughs> a year yes and I've had to do that a few times like that's the number one question where do you go to the bathroom like public bathrooms but at 2 a.m in a cup if I have to like, yes not awesome but at the same time like I can pee in that cup while looking over Yosemite right you know what I mean like I can that's <laughs> right come on a it's the best Tuesday bathroom ever in like a totally <laughs> different state than I'm gonna be the next day like so it's totally worth it for me and then I shower it's my second question that everybody asked me where do you shower I shower at Planet Fitness there's 1400 locations in the country and I pay you shower uh, when you can yeah. yeah and so I mean there's like so many I mean there's two in Portland so yeah like I mean I can always shower I can shower every day well, I That's remember <laughs> meeting you actually. Yeah. So we were at the Women in Travel Summit where we are right now, I by know. the way. Let's Different let me view. just say that we're actually sitting in my hotel room looking out over the bay in Portland, Maine. It is so cool. So it's a year since I, I formally met you, officially met you. And we met the first night opening party wits on the bus. But I feel like we talked. I feel like... Didn't you offer me a ride? Like, I don't know. Anyway, there was probably. something like that yeah. because yeah. you were familiar to me. I was like, oh, it's the woman with the van. And, you know, we started talking and then I, I but I didn't really realize. I'm like, wait, you're going to sleep in the van? And you were like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I parked it over here. I'm like, you're sleeping in the van. And it was chilly in Quebec City. It's pretty cold. Yeah. And I'm like, this girl <laughs> is for real, you know, and we're like staying in a castle. I almost felt like guilty. Like, maybe I should invite her to stay in my room. But no, you're like, honestly, I'm good. No, you were yes. like, I'm good. I'm good in my van. It's like here. OK, so I stay at a lot of people's houses and I stay in their driveway. 
and they're like no come like i have an extra room like i and i'm like i have a memory foam mattress in my <laughs> van. like it's a it's my room if you had a, the ability to have your house next door you probably walk to your house instead of staying at somebody's house so it's like a really great i mean at that time i just had the mattress pad <laughs> yeah you in. were but even starting. then yeah even then I, it was like my space Yes. And like when you go to a hotel, you have to pack and unpack and, you know, like spread out and then clean it up and then worry about forgetting something and you're in somebody else's space. I get to be in my home in this in this parking deck outside, right? Like I get to be in my home all of the time. Like I can be like, hey, guys, yeah, I'm just going to go home and I'm in Quebec City or Portland, Maine or like anywhere. And I just walk to my house. Yep. Like it's wonderful. I really, really enjoy that element of it. So tell me, you know, after we met, it was May last year. Tell me when you officially launched off on this adventure. And I know you have like a name, your name, Mm -hmm. official name. So tell me about that, like how you got that going and where you started. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, well, it started before it started, right? As as adventure often does. Uh, I really uh, wanted to fall back in love with America. That was the whole point, right? I was like, how can I fall back in love with this country that has had so much division and I have so much animosity towards um, after, you know, the election, after so much thing. I mean, I had been, I've been protesting different things. Like I drove to Standing Rock uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, I, you know, I'd protested the Trayvon Martin thing. I, I mean, I, I just like had so much animosity from how many things were like gone to crap. This road trip was to go to the most beautiful places in America and meet people who wanted to be there, right? And I feel like it's so rare to be at a place where people, like, have gone out of their way to go there. And so, like, you just meet people and nobody's like, I hate national parks, you know, like, I hate America when they're at a national park. Like, it's just a blissful place, right? So I was like, how can I do that? And I, you know, obviously went in 2015 and so... I mean, and that was two months and unsustainable because I wasn't working at all during that time. So I was like, okay, how can I do this in a sustainable way? And then I thought, I wonder how many people feel the same way as me, right? How many people have felt like out of touch with the country or felt so much animosity towards the country or just even divided? And I know a lot of people were posting like, I'm moving to Canada, right? <laughs> like after the election. I remember that. So I know that people are feeling that way as well. So that's when I kind of came up with this idea of creating a podcast about the people I was meeting, right? If I was already going to go to the national parks and if I was already going to meet the people, I might as well hit record and then release episodes of, you know, conversations I'm having with people in the national park. And I didn't want to like do a pro national park necessarily. I want to do all of the stories, within there like what brought you here how does it move you or what do you think about this or if you're a local that's been negatively affected by a national park like tell me that story and I just want to like connect with people about one thing and I thought national parks would be a really good way to connect with people so I looked at buying a bus like a school bus converted right because one of my friends had that and I was like oh this is awesome 42 feet long and $32,000 and I was like okay maybe not somewhere Tone it, tone it down, ran it in. Uh, so I actually applied for loans for an entire day while my sisters were at Universal Studios in Orlando. And I was in Orlando applying for loans all day to get this bus. And I got rejected from four banks. And I remember crying at this bar after being rejected all day. And this guy comes up to me and I'm like, 
listen, it's not a relationship. Like I, I'm just, I got rejected for loans trying to buy a school bus. <laughs> like, weird. Anyway. And he was like, why, why does this affect you so much? This random dude. And I'm like, well, I thought I wanted, I, I want to go to all these national parks. I want to make a podcast. And he's like, what does that have to do with this? And I was like, oh yeah, I, I guess it doesn't like I could do that anyway. Right. And actually better because now I have a little 2012 Ford Transit and it was $8,000 to buy, 2000 about to convert. And I had some friends help me with that. Shout out John Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he helped me like so much to convert my van. And um, and then it's 26 miles per gallon, like gas mileage. So like it ends up being perfect. And so I actually bought the van um, last year in March. And I started converting it maybe like a month after I just like I sat in the shell of my van and was like, what am I doing? And why did I do right. this? And what the, like, I don't know how to even like scrape rust off my van. Like, I don't don't know anything. I almost like recorded a whole video series on like how to convert a van when you don't know what you're doing. Like, awesome. Yeah. You should have done that. <laughs> well, I did record a lot of videos. I released them on my Facebook page for my people. But uh, yeah, and I had like a whole Facebook group of like people that wanted to follow along with me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Here you go. Um, because like anybody can do it. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, yes, there are so many YouTube tutorials out there of how to do it. Like, you can do this yourself and it doesn't cost like a ton you could even like create a weekender van or whatever like you know just like get out you could put pillows in your back seat of your car like it's actually way more simple than people think they're like how do you how do you financially afford to travel in a van and i'm like well i pay 150 dollars for my like van and that's rent like that's on my van loan and then i pay for insurance that's like my utilities like or gasoline is like my rent or utilities or whatever but like i don't have to pay rent and utilities and I'm like saving money by living in a van too right yeah because you're working yeah and I do work I work as a virtual assistant and so I do that three days a week and so it's like I'm able to financially support myself but it's actually way more affordable than people make it out to be yeah yeah so okay and then to answer your question my yes goodness, I'm so sorry no it's great um, <laughs> love every detail it's perfect <laughs> so I hit the road in July on July 1st I think, or July 2nd, uh, right around then. And I drove from Illinois to Alaska. Wow. So yeah, I thought, you know what? I'm going to prove to myself and prove to everyone else that I'm serious about this. And what better way to do it than driving to national parks in Alaska? Um, so yeah, it took, it's 3,500 miles um, wow. from Illinois to Alaska. So I took my sweet time, I guess, kind of. And um, the first couple of days I was like, what am I doing with my life? And then I felt that way occasionally ever since. But I also feel this like really reassuring, like feeling of like confidence behind all of my life choices leading up to this point. Like I just feel like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to be doing. And I'm exactly where I want to be. And I, if I'm not, then I can be there on Tuesday, you know? And so, yeah, I left in July and started this whole trip and my podcast is Nat Park Stories, and so that's just conversations with strangers in the national parks. Fantastic. Yes. So um, how many national parks have you hit so far? I think it's 29, um, but that wasn't since July. That was since 2015. I've hit 11 um, for the podcast so far. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, And have you met some really interesting people? Oh, my gosh. I've met the most interesting people you guys, you have to listen to my podcast because yes, they're so interesting. Like even uh, in Denali was like my first national park for the podcast. I sat next to a guy that was like literally the 
guy that wrote the guides for Denali National Park. He's been going for 63 years. Wow. I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to record this interview. And he's like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. So like who, I mean, and I just like meet all of these incredible people on the road or in the parks. Like, I mean, I meet inspiring people and just normal everyday people that have incredible stories or that just move me because of how the park has affected them. You know, and it's, I mean, it's just a really, really awesome experience. And, you know, as a podcaster, you get to meet just like, yep. you get to interview people who you want to be more like. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is my excuse. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, please tell me how you're doing everything you're doing. Yes. Um, yes. So, and you're doing this, you're, you're just kind of playing it by ear in terms of length of time, right? You didn't yeah. have a really strict schedule. No. Yeah, I thought it'd be about two years, but okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You're just kind of going with the flow. They keep adding national parks. Yep. Bummer. Yeah. Um, so there's 61 now. There was 59 when I started conceiving this. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm not rushing through it. It's not about like just not marking them off the list. And I might not even go to all of them. Like I might have to like call in interviews for like the, there's a couple in Alaska that are like $8,000 to fly to. Like okay. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm not putting pressure on myself to be like, this is my goal. It's a list thing. Um, <laughs> if you hear a little barking in the background, that is Rocky, oh, Rocky Road wants Trip. to play. And she literally is trying to play right now because she's been sitting in my van. Very nice temperature. Don't worry, guys. And um, she is the best dog in Hi. the entire world. Okay, come here. Get in this bag. I wish there could be a visual with this. So cute. <laughs> yeah. So she has a little dog bag, which is, I mean, okay. So I wouldn't be able to do this with just any dog. She is such a good travel companion. And people ask me all the time, like, are you lonely on the road by yourself? And of course there are times when I'm like, oh, wow, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I want to share it with someone, you know? But most of the time I'm just like chilling with my dog and I'm like, this is the only companion I want in this six by four foot man space with me. Yes. Because she's yeah. so adorable. I yeah. love her. 14 pound little Chihuahua Shih Tzu Terrier mix. Just imagine it, guys. Before you even see the picture, imagine, imagine a Shih Tzu the Chihuahua Terrier Amazing. mix in a bag. Blinking her little brown eyes at me. Oh, um, yes. So, okay. So which national parks have you loved the most so far? Like top two, top three, oh, top one? Top 29? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but there are some really, really interesting. I mean, I think that what is so really, really incredible about our national parks is how diverse they are. Not in terms of the people that visit, actually. That's something that I really want to touch on also. Okay. Um, I, a lot of people that I've seen in the parks are just white people. And they might be white people from Germany, but... But like I looked through all of my interviews and I'm like, oh, like white people. So like people of color, I'm like, I want to find you in the parks. Like I want to interview you in the parks. I want to like see you more in the parks. Like because I feel like it's like we say the parks are for everyone, but it's not accessible for everyone necessarily. Right. You know, and so that's something. But the geography of them is very diverse. And, um, you know, like, for instance, the Everglades National Park, which is actually not a swamp. It's apparently like a on a water table. So it's a wetland. Just learned that at the National Park. I don't actually know about the National Parks, except for when people tell me their stories and it happens to have little facts. And I'm like, I don't research parks. Please don't like, ask me for information. But anyway, yes, um, that one's incredible. You can actually ride your bicycle for three hours through the park, even though it's like a waterland or wetland. Um, um, and then there's uh, Dry Tortugas, which is like 
most of the water is uh most of the entire national park is water there's the virgin islands national park which is in the caribbean like wow and then there's kenai fjords national park which is in alaska and it's a temperate rain forest in alaska what amazing incredible so there's not just like yosemite and yellowstone which are incredible but there's also you know all of these different places that you can go to to find whatever it is you're looking for so do you have like a map of all the places you've been somewhere or do you have a list or do you have okay good call i mean i'm not going to make you list them all right now but you know it'd be fun Uh, some people might want to see where you've been or ask you questions about where you've been yeah well i've been um all over from uh illinois to alaska Uh, i went to three national parks in alaska then shot down to texas went to the two in texas because i had a conference uh and i also go to conferences for like inspiration and to be around like-minded individuals and inspiring people And so I kind of build my schedule around different inspiring conferences to keep this sustainable. So I went down to Texas to TravelCon and I uh, hit up, oh my gosh, Big Bend is incredible. Oh, okay. It shares 118 miles with with Mexico. So you're sitting, they have this like place, sorry, I get really excited. They have this place that's like a hot spring and you like sit your little butt in the hot springs. You could put your feet and your legs in the Rio Grande and then two or three yards in front of you is Mexico. Wow. Like just water, Mexico. Beautiful, beautiful place. And there's mountains and there's desert and there's real ground. Like it's great in this one park. And then, oh, and then I went to um, the Guadalupe Mountains, which was really beautiful. And then the Carlsbad Caverns. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I know about those. Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. They're incredible. They are incredible. 800 feet underground. Yes. Like what? That's Tucson. Oh, my gosh. Area. No, Phoenix. Where is that? Uh, that's in New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. Yes, 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 yes. It is incredible. And they have a doggy boarding place for $10. Like, wow. Which is fantastic for The Carlsbad. I'm having like a probably like a senior moment but i feel like i've either been there or read all about it you said new mexico and i was like okay i'm mixing it up with something there's all these cool caverns in like tucson and phoenix there area. are yeah there and are i've really been cool to some of those but i feel like i've heard other people mm-hmm. rave about the carlsbad you have to go to carlsbad i have to go there yes okay bring, bring your husband bring your wife bring your yeah. <laughs> bring, bring, it kids, bring the dog bring, bring everybody they even have an elevator that goes 800 feet wow. down so that they're really accessible and then they have ramps all around the caverns that make it a really accessible park. So that's what I loved is like, oh, they thought this through. It wasn't just like, sorry, like you can't come. You have a disability. Yes. Like here, we like made it very accessible for you. Yes. Which I just love. I love our national parks. I still feel like I might have gone. So 20 years ago, I can't believe it's been that long. Actually, <laughs> it's been more than 20 years ago. Like 25 years ago, I was in grad school. That is just disturbing. I'm going to pause and no! just say that. But anyway, um, you have all these. I was in grad school <laughs> and I was living in the Southwest. I was living in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, okay. And so I. I oh, hello. Mm-hmm. So I traveled with my husband, my now husband, my boyfriend, then all around like Four Corners. We went to Moab, Arches, all that. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I would have been that little speck of diversity in the parks. Mm-hmm. Especially then. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we. Went to camp, what is it called? Valley of the Gods or something got stuck in mud, oh, rain, all this amazing, I mean, landscapes like you yes. wouldn't believe. You can't even believe it. And I had been living in the Pacific Northwest and I used to think I wasn't much of a camping person. Mm. I discovered it actually is very different when it's not raining a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know? That would make me not a camping person. Because we've got beautiful parks mm-hmm. in Washington State, but I was often like, okay, y'all go in the summer and hike, you know. Mm-hmm. Mount Rainier National Park, great. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go camping in the rain, and I've had to do that. Eighth and grade it's beach hike. cold at night. No, thank and you. Especially if you're all damp. 
uh-huh. I've had like seriously wet, like sleeping in wet sleeping bags no, and stuff like that. I don't do that. And I grew up with a camper van in our family. We had a, It was in the 70s and we had a pop top VW orange camper van. So we did camp a lot in national parks. Um, so that's another reason why I love your story is it's bringing me flashbacks to the pop top oh camper van. So but um, I do think it was really interesting what you were saying about the lack of diversity because I do remember being on those trips both as a little girl with my family and my dad is black and my mom was white but um, you know my dad was like the only black person besides me you know and I and and um, maybe that's where it started that feeling of like oh like black people don't travel and I think there's been a lot of black people who often feel you know now it's you see more visibility of it with like Instagram and stuff but sometimes well I just know that a lot of us a lot of me and my friends have shared that feeling of like you see somebody when you're in wherever South America well not South America because when I'm in Brazil there's lots of black people but <laughs> but you know there'll be instances even Mexico sometimes it's like oh my gosh look a black person mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and I definitely had that feeling when I would go skiing mm-hmm. and when I would go camping mm-hmm. But I know that's not the case. There are black people who are skiing and camping and doing all of these things. Um, So anyway, I just, I do like that you brought that up. And I feel like it'll be great to have you hopefully meet more people and put their stories out there. I swear, it's like, I feel so bad. But like, as soon as I see a person of color, like on a trail, I'm like, hi, (laughs) I would love to interview you because it's like literally just a bunch of white people. And I'm obviously nothing against that but at the same time it's like i don't want it to be a bunch of white people's national park stories right that's been told like and that's not i want to capture america and fall back in love with america yeah and america is so diverse and that's what makes it so incredible that's what makes it so beautiful you know and i like i'm really seeking that out and i really want to work on that right because i'm a little white girl right like i can only represent my point of view i can't represent anybody else's point of view but if i can find people's stories and uh, like give them the voice to tell that story the platform to tell that story that's what i want like and i think that that would be really really important in the national parks especially because the national parks are special they just are you walk in and you're you just feel like you're almost in like almost in a church or something, a church of nature. I just, I feel like it's sacred and I walk in and I feel grounded and I feel like centered and I feel like everybody needs to feel that way sometimes and everybody needs to at least know that it's accessible for them. And so I think that's really important and I don't know. Yeah, it's something that I'm definitely passionate about. I can see that. It's so exciting to talk to you. Um, And I have had, you know, I, I love what you just said about like the church of nature. Um, I have also experienced at times, and I wonder which parks I've been at when that happened. And maybe it wasn't a national park. I don't know. But anyway, where I do see, often it's tourists, Mm -hmm. right? And so they're from other countries. Mm -hmm. So they're people of color. They're people from everywhere Mm -hmm. um, exploring and hiking around. I've seen that a lot in Washington State, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Mm Yeah, and um, I haven't done my podcast You haven't yet. done that mm-hmm. yet, so come on through. But because mm-hmm. um, there have been times where I'm like, hey, look, this is great. These people all <laughs> yeah. came out and they're not, you know, they're like, we want to see this nature. We want to see this amazing side of the United States. And I think we forget that. I know for me as someone who, you know, goes off and does these international adventures. <laughs> yeah, true. I forget to just look around my state. Mm-hmm. My state is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to fly up to Juneau um, mm-hmm. not that long ago. And I was stunned. Because I, I haven't really spent much time in Alaska, only one time when I was a little kid. And I was like, 
what? Because I assumed it was like my state, right? I'm like, oh, it'll be just like the Pacific Northwest. I know about this. And I'm landing, (laughs) we're landing, and I'm like, (laughs) what is this insane natural beauty that I'm landing in right now? And um, it was jaw dropping. And so that made me realize, like, I need to get myself up to Alaska more often. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, it, they're accessible. We don't, you don't have to buy a, a, well, I guess you might maybe buy a bus ticket, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to go farther away. But there's yeah. national parks everywhere. Yeah. So I usually know. someone could just drive an hour or two and go see their local national park. Yeah. I highly encourage people to start looking at that as a vacation option, especially in this time of technology like if you're in disneyland that's great but you're probably still glued to your phone your kids are probably still watching netflix at night like if you go to a national park it's family moments right you're there there's no screens usually i mean you could maybe download some episodes before you go which is kind of what i do but like really if you're there with a partner you're having that like interaction with them you're not going to be watching netflix on a trail like i have never ever seen anybody watch Netflix on a trail. Like, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're hiking the PCT or something, but it's not something that you do. And it's like one of the rare times where that's not something you do. Yep. Right. Like, even if you're on a road trip with somebody, they're probably on their phone while you're driving and you're like, cool, bro, what you watching? <laughs> you yep. on Reddit? Cool. But like, when you're in national parks and on the trails, you have no choice but to socialize with whoever you're with. And that is special. And that's awesome. That's an awesome experience. And even when I'm just with my dog, like I journal all of the time in national parks. Whereas when I'm here, I have 14 million things I could be doing. <laughs> exactly. Technology. Or if I'm like in Paris, oh my gosh, it's so wonderful. But I'm you know trying to Instagram stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. I get excited because yeah, I know yeah. I can post right away. So, so I'm like, but, I'm going to do it, yeah, you know, yeah, and then yeah. it, and not just because... I want like my followers to see it, but because I want like my friends and family, you know, yes, I'm like, Hey, look, so mom, beautiful. I'm in yes. front of the whatever. Yes. But you're right. There's something you're still not quite in the moment. Mm-hmm. And there's something about just being out, out in nature. Where you can't do it. I feel like, especially in this time of technology and Instagramming, right? What's special about the national parks is that you cannot possibly capture their beauty in a picture. You cannot possibly. So my advice is be like, yes, take your three pictures or even 17 or whatever, but then just put down your phone because there is no possible way that you can capture the Grand Canyon. Like, and also people have done that for like a long time and they've probably done it better with their professional cameras and stuff. Like, so like capture your selfie, whatever, then put down your camera and just take it in. And I've talked to different people that have done that in different ways and have recommended doing that in different ways. I talked to an artist that I was like, how can I be fully in the moment and then take a memory with me? Because sometimes it's like I'm going so fast and then I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that, oh, that, I didn't even enjoy that. I didn't like soak it in, you know? And he was like, well, even if you're not an artist, you can just bring out a notepad you never have to look at it again doesn't matter and like just start sketching what catches your eye because when you focus on what catches your eye and you just sketch the the light hitting the mountains right you focus on that for even just a minute while you're sketching that will be what you remember when you think back right and I was like oh my gosh that's yes. amazing right just one that. little thing like yes. that and then you can't do that in your I mean sure you can remember the the picture but it will never capture what really caught your eye, what really moved you. And I mean, that's why I love audio so much too. Like when I'm recording these interviews, you you usually hear, I ask people like, what are we looking at right now? 
And you usually hear their voice get further away from the mic because they're actually looking around. And they're telling you, they're describing, well, I'm, we're looking at these really beautiful buildings that are as far as your eye can see and then if you look a little further you're gonna see some trees that are you know little pops of really dark green between the pops of really bright green color and you're gonna see a little bit of like you know some red trees but they're not really like bold red they're just like faded and you like hear them describe it and it makes you picture it in your mind but also makes them feel like they're there even more you know and really take it in I love that I love that. Yeah. And I love how right now we both looked out the hotel <laughs> yeah, room true. window and I am we're looking, I know, this. <laughs> we're looking out at the bay and Portland, Maine and the buildings and the old brick and all that. And what? Okay. The water. Honestly, I haven't even looked out over this because I haven't been this high. I'm like parked way down there. Yeah. So I didn't know that you could see the ocean. I mean, I knew we were on a port, but I didn't know you could actually see the ocean because like, oh yeah, you can see it out there. That is Yep. gorgeous right this is a great view. it's a great view oh out of gosh. this hotel room ninth floor wow yeah and but yeah that taking that in taking what you're experiencing in and not being behind your phone or whatever i mean my husband's a professional photographer so sometimes ah, he does also yes. get caught behind mm-hmm. his camera but even then he loves nature and he does also take that time where he's like okay now i'm done with that yes. i'm gonna just we're hiking there's you know? only so many pictures we're walking you can capture. we're looking like- <laughs> over the edge i know it's just a, there's, there's always the time to put the phone down three for instagram like <laughs> yeah come on so no i love all of that okay so as we're getting closer to the end i want to ask you a couple things the first is how has this experienced really this experience really transformed you internally you've already touched mm-hmm. on it but what would you say like this whole adventure you've been on almost a year what has it done wow, to you it's almost a year that's crazy Whew, wow it has done so much uh well one of the major things with van life specifically which i did not anticipate was how much i appreciate things more running water like <laughs> i sound really ridiculous but it's almost like living in a third world country because i don't have a bathroom i don't have like easy access I mean I have easy access to showers kind of um but I still have to go out of my way I still have to like leave my house every day right which before I would just be like ah, I'm not gonna leave today I'll just walk Rocky real quick and then I'll come back and I'll watch Netflix like I have to like get out more and I have I can't wash my hands before I take out my contacts something like that you know that I really like I'm like oh it'd be nice to be able to wash my vegetables before I eat them but like it's hard to have running water in my van things like that is but I, but I really appreciate it when I have it. I appreciate the sound of rain on my tin roof at night, you know, when I'm just laying there and taking it in. And I sometimes feel like, gosh, this place is so small. And then I think, you know, it's right outside my window. Like, yes, I'm in a Walmart parking lot, but I'm in Portland, Maine. Like, that is really cool. And like, if I just drive like a, a couple of hours, I'm in Acadia. Like, and I started appreciating things so much more and appreciating when I did, you know, get a chance to take a 15 minute shower and like a nice, a nice place with good water pressure. I also get to enjoy like I, I take it. I don't take it for granted anymore. Different things. Um, a refrigerator. Man, you guys are so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so lucky. But I get to cook delicious meals. I get to cook like a, a rice cooker. I use this rice cooker and I have to be really creative because I have to cook all of my ingredients that day. And I call this refrigerator weather. Like if it's like 40 to 50 degrees, I'm like, oh, perfect refrigerator weather. And then if it's like less than 32 degrees, I'm like, perfect freezer weather. Like, yep. And so it's reframed things for me. And that's been really cool. But the biggest thing has probably been the people I'm meeting and the stories I'm hearing. And I've definitely fallen back in love with America. 
absolutely. I, I, I love America. I really do. And of course, in order to fully actually love something, you have to see the bad. You have to know the bad and love it despite the bad, but at the same time, always be trying to improve. You know, I'm always looking for ways that I can do my part to improve the country, but that hasn't lessened my love for it now. Whereas maybe a year ago, I would have had so much animosity towards it and I would have almost felt, well, honestly, I felt hopeless in a lot of ways. And now I feel really hopeful. I feel like our national parks are here to stay. I know a lot of people like are scared about our government cutting their budget, but like, honestly, it's a pretty good moneymaker for our country and it brings a lot of people in. So I don't, I don't fear that. I feel really inspired by all of the people I'm meeting and by the national parks and even the bad of the national parks, you know, taking local land in some areas. Like I still give voice to that and I still think that's valid and I still think that's part of why we love this country too, you know, is because we're able to voice all of that. And especially now we're able to give voice through social media. Everybody has like, or is, has the capability of having a voice in different things. And it's not just like a white man on a news prompter telling you what to think about. You're able to choose what to think about more. And that's really beautiful. And you go to other countries and they might not have that capability. And they might not have the National Park Service and a National Park System. Like India has national parks. I just talked to an Indian guy, a couple of uh, last national park I went to. And he was talking about the park system there. They have beautiful national parks, but they're not able to be preserved very well because of like different corruption areas. They're they're getting better. Um, But we don't take that. We don't appreciate that necessarily to the full extent until we're learning about that and able to be in it. So all of that to say, this last year has really definitely changed who I am as a person and what I appreciate. I love it. I love, again, I'm going back to the idea of the Church of Nature and the Church of the National Parks. I feel Mm -hmm. like really inspired. Everything you just said, it kind of left me feeling a lot of hope and feeling (laughs) like maybe we all need to go to this church more often, which is a way to fall back in love with our country mm-hmm. because we have a beautiful country yeah. and a way to fall in love with nature in general and humanity in general. Like yes. I'm not like just toting like America's the best country. I don't feel like it is. I feel like they all are so valid and just being in nature makes you feel like you're a part of this ecosystem. And that's what it's all about. Like I, yeah. Yeah. America's <laughs> not perfect. It will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the geography and the the vastness of our country and the diversity of, like you said, landscape and people, mm-hmm. maybe not always in the parks every, every time you stop, <laughs> it's, but it's still yeah. being out there, I just, that, that idea though, that it's, it's a way, even if things are crazy, even if there's division, it's this calming place mm-hmm. and this place to go and just honor, like we are an amazing, we're in an amazing space. And I have the... I've had the great privilege in my life of working with indigenous people um, mm. a lot. Uh, that was my career, you know, still, I'm still involved um, working with local tribes in my, in my area. And I don't know, I've always felt like serving and working with indigenous people is also just like, this has been this really important part of my life because they were here before, yes. you know, as I'm talking about the beauty of the land, I'm thinking about them. There's just so much here to love and learn from whether it's the original peoples who were here, the people who are now here also that have all come in, moved Mm -hmm, in, and all mm -hmm. the immigrants and everybody. There's so much to learn from. And the national parks, as you're talking, I just feel really inspired to go and spend more time because there's nothing but beauty. And it connects us. And it connects us. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I can't tell you how many people here have been like, oh, you're the National Parks girl. And I'm like, I'm not the National Parks girl. I'm the National Parks stories girl. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm not, you tell, the, you tell yeah, stories from yeah, the parks. Yeah. yeah. You're and, not like the expert on all the parks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tell like, stories no, that, that of people who find themselves in the parks. Yes. And but right away when they say you're, you're the National Parks girl that's here, we have a bond. They love national parks. I love national parks. We're friends. Like that's yes, it. Yes, that's it. You know, and love it. I mean, the people that I meet at the national parks, like, I probably get rejected for interviews, like maybe I think three times so far. Yeah. Like, not often. And when I did, we still became friends. You know, because I'm. It's not about like necessarily like recording and capturing that. It's just about the people I'm meeting, and people know that, and they can feel that it's not like. They're put on the spot. It's just a casual conversation. I just want to know about you and know your story and know why you're here at this park and why people should come here. That's it, you know? Love it. Oh, yeah. So tell this us again where we can listen to your podcast mm-hmm. and find out more about you. Cool. Okay. So uh, you can listen to the podcast, Nat Park Stories, on any podcast provider. Just type in Nat Park Stories. Um, I've got a Patreon, which is Patreon slash Nat Park Stories. And it's on Facebook and Instagram and all of the things. And then you can follow behind the scenes at Sumslev on Instagram. So that's S-U-M-S-L-E-V. Um, so that's kind of like just me. <laughs> awesome. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Yay, Summer, for being with you. me and sharing your amazing story. I'm so excited. I got to be here. Yay. Thank Yay. you. Want to check out the resources and links mentioned during the episode? Head over to the show notes at jetsetlazette.com forward slash episode 31. That's jetsetlazette.com forward slash episode 31 and Lizette is spelled L-I-S-E-T-T-E. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the show. It really helps me grow the show. So be sure to tell your friends, have them tell their friends. I really appreciate you spreading the word. So thanks so much for tuning in and getting some travel inspiration. I'll be back with more in a couple weeks. Until then, remember, life is short, travel more.